Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is February 3rd, 2016. Looking forward to another great show tonight. We got the great Anthony Davis uh, as our guest, uh, USC great, five-time national champion. And uh, we're going to be talking to AD about a lot of stuff. Super Bowl coming up, of course, his book, How the Notre Dame Killer, Kickoff Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain. And, of course, we'll be talking a little bit about some concussion stuff, concussion stuff in the news, as well as a few other things in sports and anything else AD wants to talk about. So we always uh, look forward to having a chance to chat with him and uh, and see what he's got to say. And, uh, okay, got a little thing backing up there. That's all right. We are going to get right into it. We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back and get AD in the line. You're listening to Swoops Row on the Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. Take a quick break, and we'll be back after this. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give Dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. At 7, I shower. Every day I wake up for at For those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the wall. You're listening to Swirl. 
Please leave your message for 949. Well, we're going to have to try to get AD here again in a second. It looks like he stepped away from the phone for just a bit. Uh, no, I'm not ready for that. Anyway, let's uh, real quick, if this is Super Bowl week and uh, everybody's getting ready, and you know, what are your thoughts on who's going to win this game? You got the Broncos. Uh, you know, this is, could be Peyton Manning's last game of his career. And of course, we're talking about Cam Newton. Uh, you know, um, young, up, up and coming, and uh, that's AD calling in. We'd like to welcome five-time national champion USC great. He's a two-time All-American. Played in the NFL and uh, the CFL, and as well as the USFL, Anthony Davis' show. How are you doing, A.D.? Doing great. How are you this evening? Uh, I'm doing awesome, man. It's always a good chance to, uh, great to have a chance to chat with you and, and catch up, and there's just so many things been going on, and we're definitely going to talk about the book, Kickoff Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer uh, Recovered His Brain, but, you know, it is Super Bowl week, and before we get into all that other stuff, let's, let's, let's kind of t- touch bases on a couple things. You always talk about... Uh, how it was when you played and, and behavior and whatnot. And uh, I'm reading today, there's a guy from the Denver Broncos practice squad, safety Ryan Murphy. He was questioned by authorities as part of a prostitution sting at a motel in San Jose. It says, uh, uh, Tony Kowalski uh, from the Broncos confirms Murphy was present at the motel during the sting on Tuesday. He was questioned by authorities because he was at the motel, but he was not arrested. He was released after investigators determined he did not solicit a prostitute. But he was at the motel visiting his brother, who was cited and released. Uh, Santa Clara County Human Trafficking Task Force has been conducting several prostitution things in the area. Uh, Tim had been cited, blah, blah, blah. Um, his, apparently his brother uh, brought a, a, a prostitute to the motel room. Uh, Murphy was there. Practice squad guy, they sent him home. Uh, but come on, man, every time we have Super Bowl, every time we have these big events, there's always these prostitution stings, and it seems like somebody falls in, uh, falls into this each, you know, every few years. Well, first of all, first of all, you're not supposed to be in that activity. Anyway. They've always run these stings at these Super Bowl things. It's always there. Everybody converges on Super Bowl week. You get everyone, every walks of life to come to the Super Bowl. I've been to two Super Bowls, so I've seen it in play. And I don't know why these guys fall into these traps day in, day out, year in, year out. I don't understand it. In my day, you couldn't even smell anything like that. Matter of fact, back 20, 30 years or 40 years ago, 30 years ago, you never heard anybody getting caught up in stuff like that. You never had. In the 70s and 80s, you never heard about that. The last time somebody got caught with, with that was, uh, I think it was a guy from Atlanta. Yep. In 1999, I think. Is that their year, 1999? That's, that's year, uh-huh. And uh, got caught in the same thing, but I don't understand why players don't understand. This is a business trip. This is what you do. This is what you work for. And this guy who's on the practice squad, he had an opportunity to be with a team, move up, and be part of the Bronco organization. But that's how many knuckleheads you have in the league, and just you have a bunch of knuckleheads in society period who, who engage in that type of activity. You know, one of the things, uh, uh, you know, not just the prostitution thing. I think a few years back when the Raiders were in the Super Bowl down here in San Diego, one of the players went into Tijuana or something and didn't show up for the game or didn't show up for, you know. What are these guys thinking? Like you said, this is a business. It's a business trip. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta show up for work. Uh, every time, you know, every few years we hear not only prostitution, but we hear some story how some guy messes up. And, you know, the amount of people who play this game and the amount of people who make it to the Super Bowl, 
that, that number that that it's great you know the few very few get to get that opportunity and it seems like these guys they get excited about the party the whole thing and they just they lose their minds man well the thing is that referring to the gentleman that was with the raider he's off he was center i can't think of his name the time he escaped me but the fact is I think he was suffering from mental illness. I mean, you know, we talk about brain situation that's going on. He was suffering mental illness because I think he had a, a he had a disorder, and he was disoriented, didn't really know where he was, and they found him. Wow. So uh, that's that's an exceptional thing uh, in his case, because he just wandered off. Nobody knew where he was, and uh, I don't know if it was alcohol involved or drugs involved, but I understand from Baker Marvel reports that he was suffering from mental illness wow. in the eventually retired. I don't know how true that is. Don't quote me on that, but that's the word that was running around after the Super Bowl. Amazing. Uh, we, you and I have talked about this game coming up and the, uh, the, the possibilities. And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, we've, these guys have all had two weeks off. Guys have been uh, banged up, had time to get a little healing in. Um, you know, do we, did you guys lose their edge from that time off? And, uh, what are your predictions? Well, like I've always said, collegiate high school, collegiately, professionally, there's only a few coaches that can keep their teams focused from a physicality standpoint and from a, a mental standpoint. And like I've always said, Pete Carroll is one of the great ones. Bill Belichick is another great one. And I'd like to see what the Panthers can do versus what the Broncos do. Now, from the standpoint of the quarterback position, Cam Newton, He's a beast in himself. He's a new face in the National Football League. He will take over the face of the league. If he can, If he wins this Super Bowl, he will take over the face of the league. I just believe that whoever's focused, despite the physical edge at the, that quarterback position with Cam Newton, because no one's like he's 6'6", six six, almost 260, if he's not that or more, would after and ran like me. <laughs> so, 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 I'm, so I'm just saying from a defensive standpoint, Everybody claims that Denver has the best defense, but Carolina's not a no one slouches either. But whoever's prepared, and I believe the game's going to be won at the quarterback position. If Cam Newton performs with his feet and his arm and his mobility, I'm going to Panthers anyway. But, you know, Peyton Manning can cut you in half if you're not ready for him. Right. Even though he's lack, he lacks mobility. And now the key is going to be the two quarterback with the two quarterback position and how the two coaches have prepared and kept these teams focused. That's how it is. It's focus and preparedness. When uh, you know, like you said, focus and preparedness, and these guys uh, and they come in and, and the very first, the beginning of the games, lots of times. Um, sometimes you get one team that's kind of slow to get 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 things going, get the juices flowing, get in sync and stuff like that. And when that happens, sometimes the other team just just jumps all over them right out of the gate. Do you see that happening here? Well, put it this way: I'm sure that the Carolina Panthers was were, were focusing on that Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl game a couple of years ago, and uh, and they really studied that and from a defensive standpoint, the defensive coordinator standpoint, is how to penetrate the Bronco offensive line and try to rattle, rattle Peyton Manning. I just believe that. If that happens, it's going to be a long day for the Broncos. But if, but if he gets good protection from that defensive front of Carolina, then you know it's, it, it can be a who's who's game. So I mean, the key to the key part, the key to the success of the Panthers, as far as I'm concerned, is how you get to Manning. 
Because if you get Manning, then you pretty much you can say that's a win. If you keep the pressure on him, then then uh, he has a problem. And you've seen that this whole year. Is this uh, Manning's last last game? You think? First of all, if I was him with his neck injury, I don't even know how he's playing anybody. Anybody has four surgeries on the neck, he shouldn't even play football. I hope this is his last game. And then one thing I would say to Peyton Man, if he, if, he, if he hears his broadcast, hey, Peyton, when you get out of the game, you go get checked, get your, get, go get your brain checked by Dr. Daniel Amen. Get on the supplement program. Get your blood flow going again because you're going to have some post-football years and you want to be, be able to live healthy and be able to enjoy your kids growing up. That's, what, that's my advice to him. And I hope this is his last game. You know, you brought something up, and and we're going to get back to Super Bowl. But I want to I want to give you some information on an article I read today. Um, you know, because Manning's a quarterback. Uh, I see this article today. It says ex NFL player Ken Stabler had concussion disease. CTE doctor says says one time Super Bowl MVP and Oakland Raiders quarterback Ken Stabler, who died in July, suffered from chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE. Researchers at Boston University said Wednesday says Doctor Ann McKee a neuropathologist and expert in uh, neurodegenerative disease at Boston University School of Medicine, was part of the team that analyzed Stabler's brain. He said, with the naked eye, researchers immediately noticed that his brain had atrophied and was shrunken in the temporal lobe or front of the brain, she said. His hippocampus, which uh, governs memory and learning, was small. Uh, there was a there is a curtain that divides the brain into two hemispheres, which healthy brains is thick. He says that uh, curtain in Stabler's brain was torn. Stabler died at the age of 69 in July and of cancer, but he had requested that his brain be removed during an autopsy and taken to the researchers in Massachusetts. He felt compelled to do so because he was having difficulty with impulse control in his 50s and developed memory problems and suffered from headaches in his 60s. Uh, said if he had lived longer, he most certainly would have developed dementia, according to the doctor. He said that this, stu- this, this is something new because most people think, uh, you know, the study of the quarterback's brain, he says, was informative, particularly because many assume that quarterbacks receive fewer hits, so they're at lesser risk. It shows that even playing quarterback, and if you play a number of years, there's a, a risk of developing this disease. First of all, let me, let me say this, and I've said this several times when I talk to you on this, on this broadcast, is that anytime anybody puts a helmet on their head, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, linebacker, linebacker, uh, defensive back, they all have brain trauma and so forth. They found that he had CTE, and I believe in the living you have CTE. They just haven't developed a test yet for, for, the, for CTE. Because I believe I have CTE at low levels, but I'm – I'm combating that by taking my supplement program that I'm under with Dr. Daniel Amen, who has the only comprehensive program in the country. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of other experts out there, but he, in my opinion, he has the most exclusive program going in the country. Now, he doesn't surprise me what they found in, in the autopsy of his brain. I mean, from a novice standpoint and from a guy from common sense basis, that doesn't surprise me that, that the snake stabler didn't have that. Right. Everybody seems to think a quarterback doesn't get hit. Rock. All it takes is uh, two or three hits. That's all it takes. Two or three serious hits. So everyone is different. Everybody suffers differently. And the, sure, the more hits you take, the more you're going to suffer. So I believe most ball players. I believe most ball players 
put on the helmets on all levels, high school, college, the pros, they have CTE in the living. I mean, whenever you find it in the in an autopsy, you got to have it when you're living. Right. They haven't. I think that they're, I understand they're trying to develop a test now to find it in the living. Doesn't that make? Doesn't it? Doesn't common sense say that if you have it in death, you got to have it when you live? <laughs> so, so Stabler, who I played against in, in the NFL, was a great ball player, but you know he got clubbed, and I'm sorry I've been clubbed myself. So, I mean, a lot of people think that, well, quarterback gets hit one or two or three times a game or whatever, or maybe not in the, but it take it, it doesn't take that much to develop that. And of course, if he'd have lived longer, absolutely. If he had they found that like that, absolutely dementia was right next to that. Uh, you're listening to Swoops Rolling and Talks for our radio network. We're here with the great Anthony Davis. Uh, like I said, he's a five time national champion out of USC, two time All American. Played uh, in the NFL, uh, you know, uh, AD. You you told me uh, that you, when you first uh, met Dr. Eamon, he asked you how many concussions you thought you had, and you said you'd had two. Uh, you were in your fifties in, uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about that that period of time. What you discovered uh, when you had your brain scan through with him? Well, I mean, you know, I'm walking out, lock my door, and walk back and check it, and I walked. One day I walked out and got in my car, went a mile, came back. I checked and I locked my door. But what got me uh, on the 405 freeway going north one day, and also I blanked out. I was in close to the driver, the shoulder side. I said, wow. And I pulled to the side. I mean, what if I was in that other lane over there? And I, I came to my center. And, by, and, and in between that time, a pharmaceutical major from USC who was a big fan of mine who took pictures of me as a player. He called me his favorite ball player. And he always telling me, hey, maybe you're happy. I need a brain. And I'm sharp. And then when that happened, those episodes have he... You're, you're breaking up. Lost J.D. We lost A.D. We're going to get him back on the line here in just a minute. Uh, we'll take a quick little uh, break and uh, get him back here. I'm sure he'll call in right in the middle of the break, but we'll get him right back. Listen in the Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. And we'll be back after this. And now we have an eight-year-old on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental uh, conditions. You're back, man. We well, lost you. That, that's the man-made. <laughs> You're breaking up a little bit. You must be going through a bad area, man. Well, no, what it is, it's been crazy. I'm not at a landline. It's been a tough, long day. But, um... You were saying you were saying you were on the four hundred five and, and you, you you kind of blacked out a little bit. Well, I blanked out for for a few seconds. I said, "Well, I got to go see this doctor." So I called Don Bacos, and he told me and gave me instructions how to get a hold of Doctor Amen. That's how it all started. And when I saw Doctor Amen, um, he, he arranged for having me a scan. When I had the scan, he came back and he started asking me because how many because that's concussions you think I thought. I said, "Well, I knew I had two. And then he says, "Well, you've had three. And that means if you had three, I must have had more trauma to my brain anyway. And I thought this guy was losing his mind saying I had that kind of stuff. And he says, and you had, oh, by the way, we diagnosed your brain as 85 years old. Wow. So uh, from that point on, I started, got on the supplement program, started doing hyperbaric treatment. And I'm telling you, the improvement I made over eight years, going on nine years, has been tre- tremendous. And and then and that led to when he met the retired player association in Southern California here, and 
and and he calls me the father of his study, and he's scanned over 150 brains, and uh, that's how it all happened. Yeah, that's how it all happened, and I'm and I'm and I'm a, I guess I'm the voice now of the brain stuff because it's a major serious issue now on high school, college, and the professional ranks. And all and all, you're not going to abolish football, but as we as we speak. There were 158, I think, diagnosed concussions in the NFL this year, and it was eight related head trauma deaths amongst youth football to high school this year. And then I understand that that uh, a school like Martyr Day was down 30 percent in people coming out for the for the games and coming out for for the team. Yeah. So I mean, it's making an impact. And I'm not I'm not an advocate of just abolishing football. I'm just saying if you're going to play the game, there's consequences. That's all. That's what I'm preaching. Now, if I had two, if I had a kid, I said, "Well, no, this is it. I don't think you need to play, and I don't think you're going to play." And and I would say, absolutely not, because of what the technology and what you what you, what you're hearing today about this hair trauma stuff, it's unbelievable. And then it it goes across the board too. It's this 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 brain trauma everywhere. You know, you got it in hockey, you got it in soccer, you got it in professional basketball, uh, uh, boxing. And, and the thing is, the most devastating, I believe, are the, the soldiers coming home with the traumatic those blasts you get over there in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and you got you get their brain trauma. So it's across the board um, in terms. It's a societal problem with the, with brain injury. Well, and it, when, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and, and you know, you know, and, and I've heard the stories about everyone. You know, football, the soldiers, you know, the boxers, the hockey players, the soccer players. You know, and so, and I know moms in America and around the country are really concerned about their kids playing the game of football. It, it's a great game, like I said, but it's a very violent game. And so you got to know the consequences when you get in there. And like I've told people, the reason why I didn't really be a, uh, a big advocate and really being stuck, I made a major mistake. I should have never touched the football field. I should have played the major, I should have played in the major leagues in baseball. You know, I was the number one draft choice out of high school. A guy by the name of Ray Porter been drafting me. Saw him, saw him four years ago. Told me again, you should have played football. Excuse me, played baseball, and you'd have played 15, 20 years. So uh, that's the reason why uh, I just sit, talk the way I do. But I do believe that the fact that youth sports, the National Football League, the NCAA, they need to address this. And and I don't know why. And all, and all the NFL has to do to combat a lot of the stuff being criticized is. Some of the owners, are two, one or two, need to take the lead and say, look, we need to do something about our players who built this brand. These guys are suffering. There's horror stories out there. And there's two guys that I think about. It's Robert Kraft and Jerry Rickinson, the Patriot owner and the Panther owner. These guys are very passionate guys about their players. Obviously, the way Kraft feels about Tom Brady and also Rick and why he feels about Cam Newton. I believe... If he knew that Tom Brady would suffer down the road or Cam Newton would suffer down the road, these guys want to do stuff for guys like that. I'm just saying you need to do it for everyone who put on that helmet and built that brand. That's all, that's all I'm advocating as a former player. And set up a medical structure for these guys to, to, to take care of the health and post NFL year or your, or, or your football career, period. My question, that's all I'm asking. My question is uh... – you know, you mentioned a lot of sports and a lot of things, and, and, and there's traumatic head injury and, and all sorts of things. Uh, 
uh, and, you, and and many of those sports you named. Now, a lot of I know a lot of football has more players on the field than a lot of the sports you named. Um, so I don't know if percentage-wise is football more or less or whatnot. But why do you think football is getting the the, the bulk of the uh, press on this when when you do have uh, the same types of things happening in hockey and boxing and soccer and in all the martial arts? Uh, you know, the military aside, uh, you know, those guys are, are going up with some crazy stuff too. But when, when I'm talking about sports and you talk about parents putting your, putting their kids in different sports and stuff, you know, just about every every sport with the exception of maybe, I don't know, tennis and golf, uh, you know, you're having some, some form of uh, brain brain trauma. Well, because first of all, they focus more on the national football. It gets the biggest sport in the United States. Probably soccer is the biggest sport in the world because more countries play it. But the NFL, again, you got you have twenty you have twenty two guys on the field. You, everybody's getting clubbed every every play, and almost in every game in the every game in the National Football somebody gets a concussion. Right, and that's the reason why. And everybody emphasizes on that because you know Congress has talked about it. You, know, you got people like Doctor Amon. You got the move, Doctor Omalo, Bennett Omalo, Doctor Daniel Amon, and, and other colleagues of people around the country talking about it. So when you see a Sunday game. And you see a guy coming up to you with the helmet off and he's shaking his head and he can't move. That's the reason why it, it emphasizes that. Now, in soccer, you're having headers all the time, which they want to abolish that. I understand there's a lot of talk for that. You know, it, it's not really emphasized. It's not really emphasized. Box, everyone knows that if a boxer hits each other, so they, they know this guy's going to have some brain problems. Everybody knows when you hear this blast in Afghanistan and, and Iraq, there's going to be some trauma. But they don't emphasize a lot of it. And I don't and like I said before in early broadcast, I believe the United States government doesn't do, do enough for our soldiers. Right. And they did, and they need they need to do more for them too. So across the board, they don't really emphasize the way they do it, the way it does in pro football. Don't ask me why. Probably it's the glamour thing of it. I don't know. The Super Bowl, I mean couple three they they addressed it. But I think as as this concussion thing progresses, I believe that it's going to be more attention put on, and unfortunately, they're 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 targeting the National Football League because of all the concussions you get. Like I said, it's been I think it was 150 plus. I think it was 158. Don't correct me on the number. It was 150, 55 plus concussions this year, up 50 percent. And there've been more. There, there've been eight deaths this 2015 from head trauma collisions. So that's the reason why they emphasize that. I don't know if there's any been any sports, any other sport like that, but they they talk about that and they emphasize more on the football thing. I don't know why, but it's trauma across the board yeah. in in our regular world, regular society. But football gets all gets the brunt of everything. Absolutely. Ad, I was listening to you uh, on, on another show earlier this week, and. Uh... Uh, you, you you quoted a, a I don't know if the you or the host quoted a statistic that I I, I think our listeners should know about. You returned uh, I think he said something like five or six kickoffs in your collegiate times of, of well over eighty yards apiece. Um, run those stats again. I think you said one hundred four, one hundred six, ninety. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even know all the numbers. <laughs> I hope my brain's work. I hope my brain is working right now. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I did six. I had six in a career. Um, the longest one was 106 
against Arkansas in 1974, I think. The second longest was uh, uh, 102 Notre Dame 1974. Uh, then I had 97 against Notre Dame, 98 against Notre Dame. I had, I think, 80 against Cal, and it was 80-something against uh, Iowa. I think I'm, I think my brain's working okay there. And if you have any person that, that studies stats about football back in those years, please call in and tell Keith that Anthony needs to be corrected. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but, I think, but I think I'm accurate on that. <laughs> what, uh, how many coaches lost their jobs for letting their guy kick to you? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only guy I always wondered was against Notre Dame because you know our kick return team we bought we bought three three back against them that was 102 98 97 and I was the Aeropark season coach Notre Dame back in those years so I always wondered why he did that but you know he he always felt and he had confidence in the team that he would that wouldn't happen it just didn't happen those days you know uh, run run you know kickoffs are, and punts are a little bit different and I know you, I know you ran back punts too but. Kickoffs, uh, you, you get a chance to, uh, as as a returner, you have a better chance of seeing the seeing the field develop uh, as the ball's coming to you. And usually, usually, uh, you got some time uh, from where you catch it before you uh, encounter the first defender. A lot of times, punts are real high and and, and, and a lot of hang time, and uh, you got to make a quick decision whether fair catch or not. But with the with the kickoff. I think you probably had a, a better chance of seeing the field develop, and you had some good guys in front of you that created some lanes for you. I take it. Well, you know, I, I've always, I've always said this is an odd thing. I've always said that the football field is 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 the is dividing into three sections depending on where you are. If you're from the sideline left to right, you got the sideline, you got the hash mark, you got the middle of the field. Then you got you got the middle of the field, another hash mark, another side of the field sideline. So what I did, you always leave. I always left myself ways to run, even from scrimmage and from kick returns. So I realized in years of studying the game and running the game and, and, and working with a guy by the name of Bruce Snyder, who used to be the special team coach, the former Arizona State coach who's passed away years ago. But we used to work on that in nineteen seventy through three and four religiously after the game. And I we got it down to a science. And uh I always said when I always kept a five to seven yard relationship before the guys hit that wall, when they hit that wall, I would have enough distance between me and the block. So once you hit, when a defender hits you, there's no way you can turn around here. The guy that's running ten five, ten six hundred meters, turn and go get him. Right. So I knew, and I always had my eyes looking for lanes to open up across the field. So, and you know, we're moving fast, but my brain is moving slow because I'm visualizing what I'm going to do in practice and in the game. So I visualize the and how it develops. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Anymore. But on those given times, you thought those runs against Notre Dame and other people, and other times other people kicking away and on the ground, would you be able to set up our kick return team? Right. I always look for those wedges, and I always gave myself three ways to go. My eyes were looking all the time as I'm going full speed. Now, that takes, that takes training to do that over the years, to develop that. No one just can get out there and do it. And it takes it, it takes precision, and it takes everybody being in sync. And everyone knew that when they collided or hit it, hit, I was looking for lanes, and I was going to move and find open space. And that's how I ran them. And I did that all through the polls, too. 
you've said something very interesting and 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 it, it covers a lot not just uh, not just sports but it's an analogy that's used in sports a lot and it's vis- visualization uh, I know a lot of, a lot of players uh, that I've talked to and even when I played sports and and whatnot, you know, you're taught to, to visualize things and, 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 and kind of run scenarios through your head, you know, when you off the field and, you know, you go out there and you're practicing and stuff like that. So when, when the game is live and things are happening, it's second nature to you, right? I mean, you know, like you said, you're always looking and, and you're kind of, everything's happening fast, but it's slowed down in your mind and uh, you visualize things enough that when things start to happen, you just kind of it's almost like a muscle memory to, 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 to take that lane and make that cut. And, and you kind of sense guys coming on this, uh, you know, on your left side and things like that. Right. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's like drinking a glass of water. I mean, it's, 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 it's repetition, 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 you know, knowing who you have on your team, knowing with certain, on a certain situation. Like if I knew if I ran right and looking for lanes, I knew it was going to be one guy blocking a certain way the left side. And I know how he's going to take this player, this guy on. Just knowing your personnel and knowing what you do, and get it down to, to the best you can of your ability. And we really work. And I, I went. I tried to do that with with my teammates, and uh, and we were that was successful. Then. But it takes act. It takes practice. When guys go in, you got to work on it. You got to work on it. You got to work on it with certain guys, especially your wedge guys, the guys that are in front of you. You know the, first, the the pocket guys are really making the key block. Right. So we worked and worked it and worked it, and that's that. And, and as it is, as you know, and I'm gonna say this to all SC folks and everything, and you're listening, that uh, you need to go back to old school and study some of that stuff because nothing has never been done since. <laughs> <laughs> you better go back and talk to Grandpa Ad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting on my knees so I can teach you how to run it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's interesting you talk about this. And, 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 and we talk about the talent and the, and the and talent that these young guys have and these young kids have and, and um, you know, even in the pro ranks and stuff like that. But, you know, you're talking about, you know, how you practice, 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 practice. And, you know, that's a true appreciation for your talent and what, you, what you're trying to accomplish and stuff like that. You know, what do you think about when you hear about these guys who, who don't want to practice? Oh, we lost him again. AD, man, what's up? Get, get yourself a new phone, brother. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure he'll call right back in. But, uh, you know, we, we, we talked to him so much. We're going to talk to him about his book here in a few minutes. So hang with us there. There he is. Uh, there, there, you back, man. We're back with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm back with you. No, I guess here took us out. All right, but, <laughs> but you, you know, you talk about uh, all the, all the practice and, and all the all the drills and all the running through the things. And there's a lot of guys out there that that that, that live that standard. But every once in a while, you know, and you and I have talked about it before. Well, we hear about some guy with a lot of talent who uh, doesn't put the effort in, and and uh, you know. Options uh, and possibilities and, and, and chances to do to do these types of things uh, are slim and numb. And, and you you uh, you have mentioned there are guys walking the streets that can that can play in the National Football League. But uh, what do you think when you hear about some guy with a lot of talent who and, and knowing what you put in, knowing what your teammates put in to achieve what they achieved in those years? Uh, it's got to be kind of heartbreaking sometimes when you see a guy with a lot of potential that just doesn't put in the effort. Wow, we're 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 missing AD, man. Did 
Well, we'll give we'll give it one more try, and if uh, if we can't, uh, we don't get a good we don't get a good connection this time. We'll uh, we'll catch him again next week. We we're lucky to have him on every week, and, and, and usually we get him on a landline. Uh, but uh, he was out doing some things today, and, and sounds like he was uh, sounds like he's in a bad area. So hopefully uh, hopefully we can get him back and make this work. Let's try it again, man. Uh, you got my question. What's your answer? Can Can you hear me? Gotcha now. Yes. Well, when you have a kid with a lot of talent, you need to grasp and hone that talent. And you gotta and you gotta let that kid believe in what you're doing fundamentally. You gotta get them fundamentally and get them to believe in you. And that's part of being a great coach. Coaching is a lot of things. You know, you gotta get inside the kid's psychic, whatever it is, and let him know you gotta build his you gotta build all his stuff up and everything else to do all that. You know. We, so, from my standpoint, that's what I've always trained, and that's what I've always thought the coaches should do when you have a lot of talent. And it's, and it's really shameful to know the kid can waste his talent. Yeah. Why is, like it, why is it some coaches can what, some coaches can pull things out of people uh, while others can't? I mean, you know, everybody's got a different style. I get that. You know, and, and, and even in the NFL, you hear, about, you hear about different coaches. You know, they say Bruce Arians, he can get guys to do certain things. And you talk about Bill Belichick and – and you know he's a different coaching style. He gets people to do things, and, and there's just so many you know so many in the league. Uh, John Madden was you know one of those guys, and uh, so many different types of coaches. But one thing seems like the successful coaches uh, have been cap- capable of doing, especially those that are uh, continually successful, is they they can pull out things out of people that other coaches can't. Well, the thing is, is is pedigree, is branding, even with the coaching. Like I always talk about Belichick, it's, it's, it's a wonder how he you can have players go from other teams to him and they and they flourish in the system. I always bring up Corey Dillon. I always bring up Randy Moss. You know, Moss did great in Minnesota, but I always bring up Corey Dillon, how he's with, with the sagging Bengals. He goes up there, leaves the league in rushing, and has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. He's one of the four of the rings they have. Yeah. And everybody thought he said he was a malcontent. It was Belichick and believing in him. That's what happened. Pete Carroll the same way. Take your free agents, nobody wanted. Guys from Canada, nobody wanted. And what he does is take them in there, and he boosts, boosts their, 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 their confidence, their talent, and they believe in a system that, he, that he's portraying to them. That's, that's what it is. Same thing I had the great Tom Fears who had me. He brought more out of me than any professional coach I had. So it depends on the situation. It depends on the system. And a lot of people want to play for the pitch because they're consistent systematically. People want to play with the Seahawks. I mean, it's it's, it's just amazing, you know. And, and, and from a and from an organizational standpoint, with the financial stuff and everything else, these guys believe in what Carroll and Belichick are putting out. Yeah. Those are the two examples I use because they're you know they're they're champion type coaches. You know, it's interesting. You'll you'll hear guys talk, and I and I and I hear I hear stories. Uh, you know, recently every year, you know, you hear about some coach who who might pass away. And guys will come out of the woodworks and saying, you know what, he was a great coach, but he taught me how to be a man. He taught me how to how how, how to live in this society. So it's 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 beyond the sports thing. And a lot of these coaches really, you know, get to guys. Uh, you know, I heard the same thing about what's his name who just uh, left the Giants. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Tom yeah, Tom Coughlin. So many so many of his past. Uh, Players, you know, saying, yeah, he was a tough guy. You know, he was this and that. But, you know, he, he taught me how to, how to grow. 
Tom Crawford, Tom Crawford is a is a passionate guy mm-hmm. from from afar, from what I see. Yeah. You know, you, you, you might be a little, he might be rough for now, but he was a very passionate guy. Everybody respected him, and he showed stuff on and off the field. And he doesn't get enough credit for that, but I saw that, and I've talked to people that know that. So, I mean, that's the reason why. A lot of people have a lot of respect for Mr. Coffin. Yeah. AD, before we wrap things up, man, uh, kickoff concussion: How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain. That's your book. People can get it just about everywhere. But tell tell our, our listeners a little bit about it. We we kind of touched on Doctor Amen, but you know, you get the book and you're going deep in. What are, what are you finding out when you when you get that book? Well, first of all, you're going to find out my experience about it. I told you a little bit of it. You don't want to give a lot. You want to keep the excitement of reading the book and get in about my background, my childhood the football, how I dealt, dealt with that, and, you know, my, my pro career, my college career. And also, it, it, it's just a prelude to what's going on in our society. You just know that it, it, it's, it's, it's a new day, a new time to deal with this issue that we have. It's a new phenomenon. Now that we know what happens with the concussion situation, uh, I advise you to read the book, enjoy the book, and just read anything that relates to uh, what we need to do in our society about Head trauma, and it's a serious situation across the board, men, women, children. Uh, and it doesn't have to be about sport. It can be about a lot of stuff that can happen with, with concussions because you get concussions on different fronts. But the sense of fact that I played professional football, and, uh, and that's really the big focal point, not dispelling uh, other people to have problems with their brain trauma, is the fact that this book that I did, I was asked to do it, and I'm glad I did it. And, uh, and I just want people to enjoy the fact that you know, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be an advocate to destroy any kind of anybody's livelihood or destroy the National Football League. I'm just trying to say, hey, listen, if you're in the National Football League, collectively the richest men in the world, all you have to do is put something aside, show the society that they want to. You, they're trying to help their players. That's it. That, that's all I ask for. I mean, I don't want to kill the game. I love the game of football, and I know it's a very violent game. So I'm just saying just read the book, enjoy it, and just see that I'm not trying to destroy anything. I just want I'm the advocate of some change and want them to help my former colleagues and my colleagues on the on the field now is that if you're gonna play the game, you need to start reaching out even for even now for help because every time you get hit, that's trauma to your brain. You know, if anybody if anybody thinks that you are trying to destroy the game. I, I would just say go back and listen to our past shows. You've said all along you want people to be informed. You want people to, to know the, 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 uh, the, the dangers of the game. And you said you love the game. You know, And you also said you also want uh, the, the, the richest men in the world to uh, provide you know, medical uh, treatment for these guys who can go out there and play and, 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 and make them make them richer. So I've never heard you say anything about trying to get rid of the game, and if anybody thinks that, they're, they're sadly mistaken. You've just been an advocate of, of people being informed, knowing what they're doing when they put on the helmet, and trying to make these guys, uh, make this game as safe as possible for anybody who wants to play it and for those of us who enjoy watching it. Well, the thing is, I'm, you know, like I've always said, I made a mistake. I should never put a helmet on my head. I should have been swinging a baseball bat as a switcher to running around the bases instead of getting hit by 250-pound, 35, 250-pound linebackers. That's all what I'm saying. And, 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 and there is consequences, and you will pay the price. Everybody pays the price to put the helmet on. If, if you're going to do it, you better treat your head. Go see a guy by the name of Dr. Daniel Amen. He has a, he has a, 
He has a, he has, they have a great program under him nationwide and start seeking that help in the game or out of the game. Well, there's a whole lot of guys over in Notre Dame that wish you would have just played baseball too, AD. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm Dan. <laughs> there's a friend of mine. There's a friend of mine. He might be listening. His name is Dan Mitchell, who uh, his son had him up in the stand named Rob, watching me in 1974. We worked actually. We work together now, and uh, I guess he like me. He, I guess he didn't want me to run up and down that field either. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what. I tell you what, his son's. Is, is, I work with his son, and uh, it's a pleasure to see to know a little boy that saw me run, and now that I'm working with him. Unbelievable. Well, there's two of us. Ad, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it next week. We're gonna talk about what happened in this in this Super Bowl, and, uh, and and who came closer to being right, and and uh, what plays were what plays were uh, were controversial, and all the things that go along with that. All right, well, thank you. Sorry about the phone thing. You know, just uh, one of those things. All right, brother. That is, uh, no problem. We, we'll, uh, we'll get the Alumni Association to get you a better plan, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. The great Anthony Davis, everybody. Uh, you know, he's here with us every week, uh, every Wednesday night, uh, different times because we have different guests. But AD always chimes in, and we're always happy to have him. You've been listening to Swoops Run on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're going uh, to wrap things up, and we'll be back next week at uh, same time, same bat channel. Thank you for listening, and we want to see you. Uh, The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.